Hello and welcome to my podcast, Up Your Total Glow, your podcast for your body, mind and soul to support, guide and empower you to uncover your most glowing, healthiest and feel-good version of you. I am super excited that you are here because if you ask me, there's nothing that looks and feels better. In today's episode, I'm speaking with the absolutely amazing Dr. Eddie O'Connor. Eddie is the go-to expert in peak performance. He is a professional speaker and sport psychologist, and he is on a mission to help individuals to break through their barriers and reach their highest potential. This is an amazing interview, and among many other things, Eddie shares with us his wisdom around positive thinking, perfectionism, anxiety, and how sport psychology can help you to improve your performance. If you would like to maximize your performance and be your best self, then this interview is a must listen for you. Please enjoy. Hello and welcome, Dr. Eddie O'Connor. I am so excited to speak with you today. How are you? I'm doing great, Ruth. Thank you. I really appreciate being here. Mm. I can't wait to jump right into this amazing conversation with you. Would you please introduce yourself to my audience? Who is Dr. Eddie O'Connor and what are you passionate about? Sure. So Dr. Eddie O'Connor, I am a, a clinical sport and performance psychologist. So ever since I was a young child, I was always interested in what made people work. Um, and as I got more into it, I uh, was also an athlete that had some mental issues. Um, I got in my own way, despite working hard, I had some mental blocks. Um, when I went to graduate school, I was passionate about psychology, wanted to help people. And then it wasn't until the last class I took in college that I found out sports psychology was even a thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really could have used this over the last eight years. And I immediately became passionate about that, understanding that psychology wasn't just about pathology. And as much as I, I want to lean into that, and certainly I've really specialized in things that athletes and high performers will suffer from the most, things like performance anxiety, perfectionism, rebounding from mistakes, stress, anxiety, really do a lot there, injury, rehabilitation. But I was also fascinated about what helps us excel. Like, what if we're okay and we want to be excellent? Because that's not normal either. Like, if you truly want to be great, if you want to be in the top 1%, you have to do what 99% of the other people either can't or won't. So I became fascinated by, by that aspect of psychology too. And so that's what got me into the sports psychology. My career now in private practice is really about helping individuals achieve their best selves, but differently than you might typically hear. Because a lot of people are out there about being their best. I believe it's about overcoming the obstacles to excellence. It's about learning how to deal with the negative thoughts that and the anxiety that you have and the frustrations that we actually have to go through. And I believe that's what sets me apart. And that's what we do in my success stories community. It's an online community that I have that really embraces this philosophy so that whether you're an athlete, a musician, a stay-at-home mom, an entrepreneur, but we help people overcome these obstacles so they can be their best selves consistently. Mm, I love that and couldn't agree more with you. Um, yeah, 
It's all about those mental blocks, isn't it? So let's dive right into it. How do we deal with those mental blocks? Or rather, how do we overcome them? Because fact is, or what I have learned or understood in my own practice as a coach and also from my own experience, that there's so much conditioning and negative beliefs that actually... Um, work against that us and often we are not really aware of them so for example we might start um, an amazing program to become a better version a healthier version of ourselves a fitter version of ourselves I don't know we might take up a training program or might just be nutrition um, and it all makes sense and we are super excited and the plan is awesome and we start and then at some point it doesn't work anymore for us and we fall backwards we feel like we are falling off the wagon and go back to our old behaviors and it makes us feel really horrible and worse than we even felt before because clearly we must be a failure clearly it's us because we can see so many other amazing people out there and it works for them, but it doesn't work for us. So please enlighten us. Oh, what a beautiful setup because you have really described eloquently and beautifully like so many of the issues that we want to address. And the first one is when we use the word mental block. Well, if every single human being that goes down this path has the experience that you have talked about. And I'm talking about elite athletes, the most fit people, the people who've achieved the greatest amount. They will tell you that they had times in their life they felt exactly the way you're talking about. Are these really blocks or is this actually a normal part of the process? When I was in graduate school many years ago, I'll never forget that for substance abuse, there was this relapse prevention model. And it was really, really popular. You gotta prevent relapse, relapse is a bad thing. So much so, though, that we found out that as time went on, everybody lapsed. And so lapsing in your recovery actually became a part of the process. <laughs> we stopped treating it like we did something wrong. Like you said, oh, I fell off the wagon. And immediately there's shame because I didn't stick to my routine because I missed that exercise because I didn't have a, a, a personal best this time compared to last, last month. Maybe it's unrealistic. Maybe these expectations of doing it right and improving in a straight line is actually the problem. See, when I work with my clients, again, particularly about the anxieties, the, the mental blocks, as you put them, the negative thinking, the fear, the doubt. Let me ask you a question. Rick. We have four basic human emotions. Do you want to guess what they are? Four basic human emotions. Take a guess. Fear. Um. Mm -hmm. Fear, um, happiness, yep. sadness, and anger. Yep. Perfect. That's exactly it. But wait, now wait a minute. Happy, sad, mad, and scared. How many of those feel good? One. How many of those do we not like and do we constantly pathologize so that every time I'm mad, somebody tells me to calm down and every time I'm sad, they tell me to cheer up and every time I'm scared, they're like, oh, don't worry about it, relax. We have such an intolerance for 75% of what it means to be human. And I honestly believe that this is the biggest barrier is that 
Since we were kids, we have been taught to stuff our feelings, to not feel this, to control that thought. But every single human being I've ever met, and myself included, and I I should be better than this because I'm a sports psychologist, really well-known in the field and doing well. But do I have negative thoughts every single day? Do I have memories that hold me back every single day? And I even went through a battle personally of feeling like I had to purge myself of this negativity so that I could do well. I have clients that come in and they say, I have to feel confident and I have to think positive so that I can achieve my goals. No, 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 no. What happens if we can actually open up and embrace this and we start to understand and maybe we'll get into these points, but but all of these negative feelings they, they're, they're trying to help us in some way. Like we're anxious about things because we care about them. So our mind warns us of what could go wrong. Right. Instead of thinking that that's a negative thing, it prevents me from doing a lot of stupid stuff. In fact, in some areas, I wish I was actually more anxious than maybe I wouldn't have made so many mistakes. Right. Or when I'm angry, it's not a negative emotion. There are things in this world to be angry about. It's how do we respond to them? Do I take that anger and respond to it in a way that moves me closer to my goals? Do I take that frustration of not losing enough weight or, or, you know, eating the cookies when I wanted to stick on the diet or skipping the workout or doing this? Can I look at it and understand and have some compassion for myself and say, there's reasons why I didn't do it because it's hard. And maybe I didn't, I don't like the way that I responded today and how I skipped it or how I didn't do my best, but I can learn from that mistake and say, what do I need to do differently so I can move closer tomorrow? Mm. If I can keep rambling, I think ultimately it comes out to like, how do we keep that value and that goal in the forefront of our mind and allow some room to stumble, allow some room to be more than imperfect? Because we all know that we don't, we're not perfect. But rather than when we make those mistakes, invoke shame and, and be miserable and complain and say, you know what? This is a part of the process. You are human, my listeners out there. You are supposed to struggle. You are doing hard things. Change your expectations. Expect the difficulty and open it up. And then you will see that there'll be all this extra room and energy that instead of beating yourself up, you can now put it back towards your goals. I, again, couldn't agree more with you. I love that so much. That's how I work too. Um, Change, transformation, whatever you want to call it. It's not a linear process. It's just not. And the sooner we truly embrace this, the better for us. And it it also, uh, yeah, the more empowering for us. It also makes truly sense because I feel, you know, this relapse you spoke about, if you want to call it that way, um, is almost necessary so that we really feel and experience how the other side feels. So in an example, Let's talk about nutrition. Okay, you are on this amazing program and don't want to eat any refined sugar anymore, no crisps. You've got this black and white thinking still, this linear walking, not a curve, but linear direction to go on. And um, yeah, you're on it. And then all of those um, cravings got you and you eat a chocolate bar. And it's very likely that this chocolate bar actually, yes, it might taste delicious, especially the first few bites. But then actually after you might experience something else in your body. And that feels very different to what you experienced while you were eating more healthy foods. 
So I feel experiencing the difference is also really empowering for us to actually be able to transform and to make change happen without that that experience how you know we feel different when we take a different lifestyle i feel it's really hard to actually make any change happen because until then it's just a kind of um theory in our head it's just something oh yeah that sounds really amazing and yes i want to slim down i want to be the fittest version of myself but you know life is so <laughs> full and full of um distractions and full of um so many amazing things that everyone else does and has and i want this too so i feel without us really experiencing how amazing we can be or feel on this other side it's really hard to um continue in that direction we want to go does that make sense what i'm saying so i feel oh it's perfect i started to write down some things because you're making things explode in my mind and if i could build on what you're saying and, yeah, and offer your listeners two very practical things to help change this experience because they all know it's hard too and we want to start with that empathy and i love the way that you set this up that idea of sort of learning from those mistakes or or learning from about well did this work Let, let's take it right back and i imagine there's many moms out there or at the very least, everybody's been a kid at one point. Have you ever seen a, a child all of a sudden be like crawling around and looking at parents and then one day say, huh, they're walking, jump up on their two feet and walk perfectly? <laughs> of course not. It doesn't happen that way. We didn't learn by reading a book how to swim. You know, we didn't we didn't read a book and then all of a sudden jump in the water and, and swim. Right? We had to get in there, we swallowed a lot of water, we sank, riding a bike. We didn't watch some video on the internet and then all of a sudden jump on a two-wheeler and have perfect balance. When we're young, we, we give kids hundreds of times of, of taking a step and falling as toddlers. We have endless understanding for young children when they're trying to ride a bike or, or learn how to swim or drive a car. There's certain things where we have this patience where we're like, of course, it's going to take some time. But then it's kind of limited. I, I work with young athletes, high school athletes, uh, and they're struggling so much like that they should be professional tennis players or something. And I'm like, you have so much left to learn. Why do you think you should play this perfect tennis game? Or you're in school. Why do you think you should know the stuff that you're actually in school for? Like the whole point of school is to learn, but they all have to get A's. And doesn't that continue then into our jobs, our marriages, our relationships, where we're constantly feeling like we have to be able to do the right thing the very first time, it makes no sense. We want to start off this journey of improvement by backing up and understanding just like how we learned how to walk and ride a bike and go swimming, that whatever it is that you want to do, whether it be diet, exercise, meditation, yoga, sport, marriage, like whatever it is, you're doing it for the first time. You're trying to do it to a higher level. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean the mistakes are okay. I love my perfectionists. I work a ton with perfectionists inside the success stories community. And I love them because I'm a recovering one. And I'll never tell you that mistakes are okay. I am not saying that. I am not saying that they don't have consequences, that you won't be embarrassed, that everybody makes mistakes and it's okay, just let it go. Absolutely not. Try your best to avoid them. And at the same time, while you hate making mistakes, to your point, learn from them. What did it teach you? 
so many performers just want to go past and feel better and say, I'll just try harder next time. Well, was effort the problem? Because if that's the case, then fix your effort. But most of the time, it wasn't the effort. And if you don't stop and embrace the mistake, that's the big mistake is not learning from it. Mm. Which brings me to the second point. If so, any, any comments on that before I kind of shift gears a little bit? Because I'm mm. no, I just hundred percent agree. I'm a recovering perfectionist as well, and <laughs> while I still find it hard and very embarrassing at times when I make mistakes, at the same time I know without making these mistakes I can't improve. So yes. it's just I'm trying to rephrase it in my head as a learning step. Not that I want to, you know, really make as many learning steps as possible, but without those learning steps, I somehow can't go. So for me, this is very helpful um, to be able to dare and not just, you know, not try because, oh my goodness, it's so embarrassing and I might just get it wrong again. So I find this very helpful. And it's what you're saying. You say, you know, have compassion with yourself because you didn't just jump on a bike or into the water and knew perfectly what to do. And I feel if we embrace this mindset of always being the beginner, because I guess we are, because hopefully yeah. we will be forever learning and taking up new things. Yeah. yeah. So this is very helpful. So please continue on your um, second point. Yeah. So, to, to wrap up this first point, yeah. you're, again, you're, you're doing a nice job of diving in and you're, you're really illustrating beautifully the idea that you have to take effort to do this. I mean, I've heard all of this positive talk and all of these things. We all know we should learn from mistakes. We all know we should be nice to ourselves. But most people I've ever met, they don't stop. And what I'm encouraging the listeners to do is to realize even being compassionate to ourselves is a skill that you can develop. Mm -hmm. So be intentional about it because you're not going to get on this podcast from me quick fixes. I don't believe in quick fixes. And if we had them, of course, I package them and sell them and make a billion dollars, but they don't exist. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's start off with a different attitude about what you're listening to and the information you're going to get today and respect the process of it. And that, that's this, this idea of what we call the willingness, the willingness to go through. And, and Ruth, you're doing such a good job of of really, like you said, embracing that idea of saying, hey, I've got to learn. And so maybe that's a second point that if we, if you're feeling like, okay, that's a played out term or I'm always learning, but I don't really care about learning. I care about being good. Then use the words because our words matter. When I learn from mistakes or when I make a mistake, I'm improving. Mm -hmm. If you take the time to, to adjust. So if you're really about getting better and you really want to be that perfectionist, the only way to do it is to fix the mistake. But you have to make the mistake to know what to fix. And that's where you want to hook yourself. That's where you want to get attached. So if you really want to be aggressive about this and you don't want to tolerate the mistakes, then okay, when it happens, put the demand on yourself in a positive way and say, more than all, I'm learning from it. And I just, you know, everybody makes, say, this is going to make me better. This happened today and I'm never going to do this again. And I hope you make a different mistake tomorrow. Don't make the same one. That'll be an issue. But if you're making a different mistake every day, you're shaping yourself on a daily basis, getting towards that person you want to be, which brings me to that second point. You've done another wonderful job of talking about all the feelings that come up. And as human beings, let's just be honest, we, we follow our feelings. When my kids get into a fight and like one of them says like, you know, why did you hit your brother? 
They're like, well, because he made me mad and they just justify it. You make me mad, I punch you, <laughs> right? And that works with kids. But, you know, we get to a certain age where that stops working and it becomes illegal and people go to jail. You can't do that in the workplace. You know, you can't do that with your spouse. You know, your feelings, just because you're lonely, you can't act in a certain way. Just because you're mad, you can't act in a certain way. Just because you're sad doesn't mean you can just sit at home. You have to go to work. Like, but we're still confusing a lot of these things. Well, I don't go to exercise because I don't feel like it. I need the motivation. Well, that's an interesting rule. I've never found anybody go to work every day because they were motivated. <laughs> I've never seen everybody stay faithful in their relationships because they were always madly in love. Sometimes it's a matter of, I don't feel like this, but I will do it because it's the right thing to do or because it's important to me or because I made a commitment. So I want to invite you all to, I'm not saying your feelings don't matter. They do. But I'm asking you to consider, are they what's driving me and leading me? And do I need a certain feeling in order to behave in another way? Might we do better if we get a clear picture of the values that are important to me, the people that are important to me, the outcomes that I want, and be willing to feel all this junk in service of achieving those goals and being that person. I think you will be incredibly empowered. Take fitness, for example. You have an ideal fitness level that you want. And so when that chocolate bar comes up, you want to eat it. And if you're going to have the belief that you do what you feel, the cravings are always going to win because you're never going to feel like not eating a chocolate bar. At least I haven't found that. But when I've been most successful, when my clients are most successful, it's a matter of very intentionally on purpose and saying, I call it a choice point. I'm at a choice point here. I can either say that what's important to me is like maybe it's my son's birthday and we're having cupcakes and I want to celebrate it. So in that case, I will have that one cupcake because I want to celebrate with him and it moves me closer to family. But if that same cupcake shows up in the random Wednesday and I'm hungry and I want a snack and I'm just craving it, well, maybe I want to actually tolerate that urge and say by skipping the cupcake, that's moving me towards my fitness goals. And what's leading me is an intentional choice to eat or not eat, to exercise or not exercise, and saying, is it going to move me towards or away from what's really important to me in that particular context? Mm. Absolutely. That has what empowered my people in the community mm. is that clarity of values and saying that's what's going to guide my life and my decisions, not the automatic thoughts and feelings that show up. Hmm. Yeah, very empowering. And again, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, I feel it's tricky, though, because I feel that's exactly what our society <laughs> kind of works against. Like, it's all about quick fixes, no matter where you look at. I promise you, in two days, you've got the body you want. You just have to drink this shake or... Um, in a week, um, I've got you as fit as you name who, um, and also this quick gratification, you know, we've got everything we need at our fingertips. We don't even have to go to the shops anymore. We can just, you know, dial a number and have, um, <laughs> the either eat we want. So I feel this is really, really tricky in our society to yeah be able to or maybe first uncover our true values and then have a plan how to stick to them um also i do feel that there's another issue at least with my clients um 
I feel many of them really don't believe in themselves anymore. They have kind of given up on, yeah, or given up the trust in their bodies and in their minds. Like it hasn't worked so far and it just doesn't work for me. I've tried all those, unfortunately, quick fixes, which you and I know they don't work, but or at least not on the long run. But they kind of have the experience uh, you know, I've tried for four or five years. It's just not for me. Um, it doesn't work. And so in, not to embarrass them further, they rather stop and give up. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel these three things are really working against, yeah, uncovering this best version of you. Have you got any other tips how we can continue on this clear path and vision following our values once we have uncovered them? And maybe before that, how do we get clear on our values and differentiate between, oh, okay, this is one of those feelings um, and, you know, where where is my value, what I actually want to achieve? I think that was those three questions in one. <laughs> um, start That's okay. I jotted, them, I jotted them down, and I think I've got them in order. Um, right. And so feel free to jump in and interrupt as as we break it down into these. Um, one to double down on how you said. I agree with you. I don't think there's been a harder time in the world that promises this instant gratification. And look, I'm I'm going to tell your listeners out here too. Like I fall into it all the time too. I want the quick fix. I, it was like maybe three months ago, there was this shred pill or whatever it was called. I don't remember. And I'm like, oh, okay, promise to lose weight. And you know, I'm getting older. It's, you know, my metabolism is not what it used to be. You know, I'll just take this and, you know, drop 40 bucks. And at the first couple of days, it worked. I didn't realize this. It was just tons of caffeine. Then my sleep started to get bad and I just didn't feel very good. And I'm jittery. And I'm like, Eddie, why did you do this again? You just spent this money on what you know for your entire life and profession that the only way to get into shape is to get your sleep, eat well, exercise, hydrate. It's been the formula for thousands of years and there is no way around it, period. All the people who are advertising these quick fixes, they look great, but you know darn well they didn't get it with that one little pill. <laughs> so, I'm with you out there. Like, it's just, but that would be so nice if it were true. And it goes everything from like get rich quick schemes to this, to that. And, and the people that are out there, the, the selling the snake oil, their marketing strategies, the use of psychology to hit your pain points, like it's really manipulative. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say it, and I don't, this isn't a professional opinion now, this is just personally, like I've become really scared of like not being able to trust almost anybody or anybody's product because I can't tell who's for real or who isn't anymore. But the, the more that they promise me great results that sound too good to be true, as you've heard, it often is. And in my experience, and I ask those out there as you're listening, can you look at your own experience and trust your experience and say, hey, maybe my this frustration is coming because I'm putting too much investment in something that really isn't it. Mm -hmm. You know, these products, it's not that you're failing, it's that you're being sold false ideas. And on this podcast, and everything that you've been talking about, Ruth, for, for a long time, and, and in my clients as well, 
we just, you know, you, we're not telling you the sexy message. Like we're telling you that this is going to be long, it's going to be slow, and it's going to be hard. But we're the ones that are going to help you get those results because we're being real with you. And yes, you do have to do the work. So you bring up then the second question that you have had, which is a great one. Like we get these things in our head. Like I can't do this. I'm a failure. So let me defend this thinking. I want you to understand that your mind has what we call a negativity bias. And why it does that is because in these particular cases, if you tell yourself that you suck and you can't do it, you're like, well, that's not helpful. But I'm telling you that it is because by lowering your expectations, when you don't succeed on your diet or lifting that weight or achieving that goal, it's supposed to hurt less. Now, in the end, it still hurts a lot and it's not really very effective, but this negativity bias comes up more from a like caveman, cavewoman days where, you know, you look out and you're like seeing like all this orange and, and Grog is like, oh, those are oranges. I'm going to go out and go get them for the family. And, and Bob, the caveman is like, I don't know, that could be a tiger. I'm going to be really negative here and I'm going to stay home. And Grog goes out and it turns out to be a tiger and he dies and Grog gets to stay home and have anxious babies, right? So it's like this negativity bias of, you know, looking at the worst it really is a survival instinct, but at the most primitive level, and it has been passed on generation after generation. So we interact with this complicated world and we are always seeing the negative. Not exclusively, some people are optimistic, et cetera, but if your mind is telling you that you can't do these things, I'm promising you that the greatest route to this, please interact with it in this way. It's because it's about something that you care about and it's something that you don't wanna fail at. So your mind discourages you. Most of us go through this, some more than others, some we get really trapped in it. If you can start to listen to that, like pick your least favorite politician that you just hear and you just ignore, <laughs> or you know some type of music that you don't like when it's on the radio, you wish you could turn it off and it's annoying, but you just don't interact with it. It's that voice that we wanna lean into and say, well, hey, are you telling me something? Because if I can't do it, I'm not saying ignore that. Say, well, why can't I do it? Well, I, because I'm not in fit enough. I'm not having trained. I don't have to get, take a class and I have to learn it. There might be some reason, but if it's just negativity, then relate to it like, oh, it's just trying to protect me. It's just my mind's way of telling me, hey, be careful here. So I'll take it under advisement, but it's what I call unhooking. This is what we do in the community, in the six asterisk community. It's all about how do I learn how to listen and lean into my thoughts, but then unhook from the ones that actually are hurting me. Because if I keep believing that I can't do this and that I suck, what I notice is that then I'm actually getting in worse shape. I'm not moving towards my goals. So I don't care if it's true or not. I don't care if you can or you can't. What I care about is can you hook onto the thoughts that are going to move you forward? Mm, beautiful. Here's a good example of negative talk. I was in the gym two weeks ago. And I was not lifting weights the way I wanted to. And I started beating myself up. I won't say it here, but I was calling myself some names. I was like kind of getting into myself. And, and somebody had told me they're like, knowing I'm a sports psychologist, they're like, hey, what happened to the positivity? Would you want somebody talking to your son like, like this? And I'm like, well, first of all, no, I wouldn't want anybody yelling at my son like this. But second of all, I'm like, I'm saying it with loving kindness. Like I know what I think of myself and I know I'm better than what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I jacked myself up with all this negative talk and calling myself names. And then I hit a PR. 
So most people would say that talking negative isn't helpful, but in that particular situation, at that particular time, all this negativity was moving me towards the ultimate goal of what I wanted to do. Now, if I was beating myself up and it made me leave the gym, then I'd say, don't do that. You've also seen in the other direction. We can pump ourselves up be like, I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm smooth. Like if I was thinking that I'm the best podcast host that you've ever had, and I came on here all arrogant and unprepared because everything's going to go smooth, I'd have a pretty crappy result. And all that confidence wouldn't be worth anything. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. Does does your thinking, here's the question, does your thinking move you towards where you want to go? If so, whether it's positive, negative, true or false, it doesn't matter. Hook onto it, use it. But if it's pulling you away, start to relate to it in a different way from this workability standpoint. And be willing to just let it start to, you have to practice this. And it'll feel terrible and it'll still haunt you and it'll still automatically hook you at times. Please be patient, but practice unhooking and doing it anyway. Mm. Brings to the third point. Well, I'll hold off on the third one about clarifying values because this is a really good nugget. Do you have questions or comments about about this unhooking? No, I I just think it's brilliant and I've never given it any names, (laughs) but it's pretty much um, what I see in my clients, what I do with my clients and also what I experience for myself. So for me, a really great example is um, social media. So mm-hmm. posting there. I really don't like it. <laughs> it makes me feel really, oh, I'm putting myself out there again. However, I do it anyway, because, you know, my goal is that even more people can or have access to health, vitality, glow, beauty in real ways, in doses that work, you know, without what we've already talked about, all this stuff, those quick fixes that won't work. For me, it's really about empowering the others. And um if I don't do it, if I don't go on my social media and post regularly, I'm not able to do this. So then I'm listening to my fear and to my, oh, maybe I'm not good enough and all this self-talk, yeah, which is an instant gratification and great. Oh, I can relax. I don't have to worry about making another mistake or looking stupid or whatever, being not good enough. However, I'm not reaching towards my goal. Um, And my biggest value truly is empower others to uncover a healthier, happier, more more glowing version of themselves. And so it's a muscle that I had to build and that I'm continuously building. And I still don't like posting and social media and all of this stuff, but I'm doing it anyway, because this, this vision of mine is so much stronger. So I think that's that's probably a really, really good example to, yeah. It is. And uh, again, all of these concepts kind of work together at once. And you're really illustrating, I guess I'd, I'd put it this way, that you have purpose in your pain. Mm, yes. You don't yes. like the social media. You passionately said that. It's, it, you know, I agree with you. It's getting really burning out. It's a lot of activity and stuff. And... Not but. And at the same time, with that discomfort, you're willing to feel that discomfort and do that effort only because you've identified your value of helping people glow. Yeah. So now your pain has purpose. And when we're only giving up 
chocolate because that's what the doctor said, or because, you know, somebody told us we need to lose weight or because society says we have to have a certain body type. That's not motivating. That's shaming. And that's, that's never going to work. You did a wonderful job of clarifying your values. You would ask me how we might do it. So I'd like to invite your audience to do this exercise with me for a second. If you can close your eyes, if you're driving, don't, but just kind of think about this. <laughs> but it is, let's say your retirement dinner. Whatever it is that you do, whether you're, if you're an athlete, if it's maybe your 60th wedding anniversary, whether it's the end of your job, but at some point there's this, this end point where everybody's going to kind of get together and there's no, really no more future for you. You might even decide to do this as a funeral exercise at the end of your life. And you get to be in the room as people come up and they start to talk about you, about the life that you lived. What do you want them to say? When you think about the way you made people feel when they were in a room with you. When you think about your family members. And again, you're gone or it's over. How do, how do you want them to say, if it's your children, about the kind of mom that you were? kind of wife that you were. In your job, who do you want to touch? What, what, what purpose did you serve? How did you leave this world of, uh, different than before you got there? This is what's going to reveal your values. Beautiful. And yeah. once you have clarity on that, now you have your purpose. And there will be discomfort but if you can keep that in the front of your mind, now you have your why. Beautiful. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. You wanted to add something? No, I was just going to keep talking, but that's okay. It's uh, if, that got, if that got the point home, um, I just, I, I encourage people to sit with it. It's not a quick fix and please don't misunderstand this as then therefore that's going to make me feel better. Nothing I am talking about today is going to make you feel better. I am not here to make you feel better. What I am here hopefully to do is to clarify that vision for you yeah. and give you a reason to feel all the uncomfortable stuff we have to feel in service of that. Yeah. I want to keep coming back to that as sort of the rule. Okay. I would like to actually invite you to slightly change that phrase if it that's right with you. I actually do think you, with what you're doing and with what you're offering, eventually you do help everyone to feel better because it doesn't really feel good to give into that instant gratification because yet again it doesn't lead us where we want to go and there is a discrepancy so yeah actually I do think Thank you are you all that. about helping us to truly authentically long-term feel amazing so yeah um, so thank you. Actually, that's a good point. I have just been fighting the popular, you know, the, the, the positive thinking thing so hard that I really do overcorrect. So you, you are right. You are absolutely right. The point that I could maybe better phrase it, and thank you for the opportunity, is that if you're doing it to feel better, it's not going to work yeah. because then that's still prioritizing your feelings. However, when you go from, I like to say, like in this, in this sacrifice, instead of suffering, you can actually get rid of the suffering. And now you just feel the pain that you have to feel. There's a big difference between the two. Yeah. So that does feel better. You'll find that 
the joy that you have, the peace that you come up with, the the stress that gets relieved, the the better feelings that you have, the happiness, the excitement, the confidence that comes from this, those are all side effects. As long as you stay focused on the mission and the value and you continue to embrace it. So when I have clients and they do really well, sometimes they go away and then they come back. And what's happened is, is that they've shifted back to like, well, it's not working anymore, which is impossible because it always works. And then once I kind of find out, well, what's going on and why are you doing it? It's because, well, it was this and then it was this. And then I was confident and then I started to get nervous again. And then I was trying to make myself feel better. And I'm like, ah, see, there it is. Yeah. You've lost your vision, lost your values. You lost your willingness. You're intolerant of these negative feelings again. Notice how the desire to feel better has become primary. So if you can keep it like sort of the, the gravy or the dessert that comes with it, um, then by all means, you will have those enjoyable side effects. I love it. Pain with purpose. Um, So please share with us more about your amazing success stories community, I believe it is called, because this really sounds amazing and very helpful to keep us on this journey to avoid, um, yeah, doubting ourselves so much again that we can't truly clearly see and follow our values yeah and thank you for that introduction it is really becoming my life's mission here so throughout my career i've always loved helping one-on-one i just never felt like it could help enough people like there's only so many hours in the week so i start doing more presentations i love being on the podcast circuit here because i can impact so many more so the success stories community is a continuation of that so that you know, here I am in the States that I can reach you out there in Australia or, or in China or wherever you guys are. But the idea is, is that with this online community, if you like what you've heard today, there's deeper training in that. And I have, um, we can do monthly sessions so you can get the one-on-one. And it's a, it's a community where you come in, where you can not only join with other people who are also developing these skills as well, but you also get to work at your own pace and go deeper into whether it be the values, the mindfulness training, And then again, get the one-on-one consults with me as well so I can help you along with this journey. It's ideal for people who, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, are really willing to work on it, right? So this is not a quick fix. (laughs) We're not selling you the snake oil that we've talked about. But if you like these new concepts, if you want to kind of fight the way culture is telling us to be, if you want to understand, you know, what's going on inside of me and how do I unhook from these negative thoughts and these feelings that are controlling my life, Mm -hmm. then the success stories community is a place where we can do that. We can do it together. And I'd love to see you on the inside. Mm, I love it. It sounds absolutely empowering. And I love the name as well, because I truly feel this is the way to success. So thank you so much for building such an amazing community and way yeah, to help others to truly uncover the best version of themselves. Um, where else can my audience find you or reach out to you if they have more questions about what you do? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So dreddieoconnor.com, D-R-E-D-D-I-E-O-C-O-N-N-O-R. And everything is located there. So what you'll find there is a link to the success stories community uh, under the membership tab. I also have um, on YouTube, you can get a link there. I've got a free mental toughness in 60 seconds. Um, Sometimes I go a little bit longer as you can tell I like to talk. So sometimes it's two minutes or three minutes, but if you want some quick free tips, there's something there. Um, When you go to my website, you'll be invited to join the email list. I have a a free newsletter that it's uh, 
just about once a week. Um, I never spam or never send it to anybody else, but it, it's filled with practical tips. So whether it be a link to my blog or um, again, some of these videos that come out, I really like to kind of give these tips. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one consults as well. Um, so the link is there under telehealth. Um, and I'm also happy to travel and so uh, go internationally that if there's a, a company or a, a gym or a business, uh, a team that needs me and, and you want some uh, consulting, I'm happy to travel to you and uh, and provide what's needed. So everything is on that website. You can kind of bounce around and see what works for you. Mm, you're amazing. Absolutely awesome. And of course, I will put all of this into the show notes. I have one last question for you. If you could empower, I mean, you've empowered my audience with such amazing, beautiful wisdom, but if you could give them three golden nuggets or kind of quick things they could hook onto to remember um what you are about or how they can empower themselves three golden nuggets that would be really really wonderful um so the three that come to mind two i'll double down on what we've already said so the first one would be pain with a purpose mm. i really want people to open up and so it's a nice little catchphrase there that if you're hurting rather than trying to feel better you got to have meaning to it um and i'm i'm talking like I'm, I'm with you. Like when I skip those chocolate chip cookies or this or that or the other thing, like I'm only successful when I know that I'm hurting in that way for a reason. So pain with a purpose is one. Number two is the word unhook. Mm. And I really mean that to the thinking that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Again, in the community, we do a lot more of this, but there's so many things between our perfectionism, our intolerance of mistakes, the labels that we have for ourselves. We didn't even get to touch on that. The messages that coaches or teachers or parents have given us that are just running around in our heads. And I don't mean to minimize and say they're just words, just ignore it. I realize how hard it is and how, how damaging these messages are. And at the same time, I invite you to practice imagining that if it's just a bad station on the radio, that these words that other people have said, if they're not serving you well, you can develop that skill of unhooking. Mm, beautiful. And if you just attempt it with just a couple of phrases a day, you know, over a period of time, I promise you that's going to make a dramatic difference in your life. And the third one we didn't touch up at all, but I have to, I have to squeeze it in is get your sleep. Mm. Sleep is the number one performance in answer. If you're crushing it on five or six hours, you're killing yourself. It's not going to work long-term. And I promise you that adding even just a half hour, an hour, and you know, getting to the minimum of seven is going to do wonders for you. But if you're at seven, then get to eight. If you're at eight, try nine, especially if you want to be elite, because sleep is the most important recovery that we have. It helps facilitate learning. It helps facilitate that health, uh, muscle recovery, creativity. We are a sleep-deprived society. And I've got a workshop there on my website too called Sleep Your Way to the Top <laughs> because it is just the, the most important thing. It's a nice, quick, cheap 30, you know, or rather uh, it's like 90 minutes, but it will help you come up with a bedtime routine, teach you how to remove the things that are getting in the way and come up with a routine so you can sleep better tonight so that you can play better tomorrow. Mm, absolutely true. Again, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, sleep, unfortunately, is so underrated and so many of the issues that I see with my clients can 
or could easily be solved with more quality sleep. You are absolutely amazing. And I will definitely quote your unhooking or use that quote, your unhooking and also your um, pain with purpose. I absolutely love these two phrases um, because they really, really clarify and help and direct us to, yeah, a happier, healthier, more glowing version of ourselves. Eddie, thank you so much for taking the time today to be here. I am incredibly grateful for the work that you are doing. I think you're absolutely brilliant, totally amazing. And thank you for helping to make our world a healthier, happier, more glowing place. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks. I really appreciate you inviting me on your journey. You're doing wonderful work in this space and, and good luck to everybody who's listening. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. If you enjoy and love my podcast, then please help me to help others find the knowledge in this podcast too. And by doing so, we together can make our world a healthier, happier place. So how can you do this? By sharing my podcast with just one other person. One person who you feel could truly benefit from listening to this episode. I know that you were born to live your best life and to feel absolutely amazing in your beautiful body, in your brilliant mind and in your boundless soul. So what are you still waiting for? Please make sure you do. I'm your biggest cheerleader. I believe in you. Keep glowing. Much love.